Hi, everyone. This is Bob Sorrentino from ItalianGenealogy.blog with another fun episode. Today, I'll be talking with my frat brother, Al Leonardi, who has been researching his Sicilian roots. So, hey there, Al. How's things in sunny Florida? Hello, Bob. Sunny Florida. Couldn't be better. Very good. Very good. Wish you were here. Uh, yeah, me too. Me too. We'll get there. So, my first question is, how long have you been doing your research? Bob, I've been doing it for a little bit, a little bit more than three years. Uh, as you know, it's not something that you're doing constantly every day. I would say during the three-year period, I probably have accumulated 150 to 200 hours. I mean, you go through stages where you do a lot of work, and then you go through periods where you don't do any work. So it's sort of a fun thing, and it can be very addictive once you start to get into the details. Yeah, absolutely. And I find I have to do the same thing. Every once in a while, you have to walk away and clear your head. And, and sometimes you do that, and you come back, and all of a sudden, there's something that you're missing pops up. Well, that, that's, the, that's the fun part about it. You know, you can do a lot of legwork, a lot of discovery and research, and nothing happens. And then all of a sudden, you find one document, and then the pieces just fall into place. It's like dominoes. And when you do discover a new piece of information, especially something that's relevant, it really is a lot of fun. It's very satisfying. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so what got you started? Well, it, it all started back in uh, 2016. My, my daughters knew that I had an interest at some point in time in learning just how Italian I was. So for my birthday, they bought me the Ancestry kit. It came and it just sat on the counter for two or three weeks. And I finally opened up and figured out this is easy to do. So let me let me do it. And I took the test. And six weeks later, the results came back. And I was looking for nothing more than what percent Italian I was or Sicilian. Uh, but it turned out to be a lot more than that. Right. Yeah. Especially when you see a couple of cousins and things like that. And I know you've had some interesting discoveries. So why don't you, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Well, if, if you go back to the core, the, originally the discovery was that I was 76% Italian. And in the Ancestry database, if you are greater than 74%, they consider you core to the region. So I was happy about that. And I figured being from Sicily that 76% was probably the right narrative because, as, as we know, Sicily is somewhat of a melting pot over the last three or four centuries. And I didn't really challenge the 76%. As I said, it kind of uh, it fit the narrative. But we'll skip a little bit ahead. As you know, Bob, about a year ago, Ancestry redid some of their algorithms, and they revised my number to 97% Sicilian, Italian, and 3% for, or 2% from Malta. And that was a little bit, uh, in some ways, discouraging, because it made me question whether or not the Ancestry results were, how accurate they were. I mean, how, how could they be so far off? But the more I thought about it, the more it, the more it made sense to me in that the little that I knew about my family history in Sicily, all indications are that they were laborers and peasants and farmers. So the chances of them having migrated outside off the island were very slim, which made cross-pollination that much less uh, likely. So I do think, looking back on it, that 97% is probably the right answer for me based upon the little history that I do know about my family in Sicily. One of the other discoveries was that I didn't realize how much larger my family was. Uh, my mother did not disclose anything about her, her home life. Uh, she really spoke about her mother and father, and there were reasons for that. And I discovered through the process that my grandmother, my mom's mom, had a sister. 
And that sister was never, ever discussed in the family. And it turned out that that sister had many, many grandchildren. So I have tons of other second cousins out there. And I actually connected with one of them and it was quite fun. And he didn't know about his grandmother's sister. So the two sisters lived very close to each other, but neither side of the family ever discussed the other side of the family. Now, we don't know what the reasons are. We'll never know what the reasons are. But that was an interesting discovery. And I also discovered something similar on my dad's side. Uh, my grandmother, it turns out, she has a brother in Sicily who never made it to the United States. And, you know, my dad never mentioned anything about having an uncle in Sicily. So it's those kind of discoveries that make the ancestry fun. And when you discover something along those lines, it's kind of satisfying because I think many people think that they understand everything about their family, all aunts, uncles, grandmothers, grandfathers. But it didn't quite work out that way for me. And I think until people actually do research and go through the discovery, you really don't know what is out there. And, you know, on the non-traditional side, as you know, Bob, because I've shared this with you, I have a half brother. And, you know, that's an unintended consequence of taking the test. Uh, for some, it's an intended consequence because it, it was something that my half-brother and his daughter, my niece, were looking to find who their family was. So when you do discover something along those lines, that's the very serious side of taking the ancestry test. I don't want to say it's not a fun side, but it, it's a very serious side. And, it, and, it's, and it's complex because it can create a lot of consternation in families. Uh, for me, it didn't really create any problem because it was a situation that happened before my dad met my mom. So it eliminated that difficulty, if you will. But it also led to, you know, all of a sudden you find out you have a half brother. And, you know, as I said before, there's a whole bunch of complexities that, that fall behind that. I had someone contact me through Ancestry. Actually, she had done um, 23andMe first. And uh, she put her DNA into one of these, you know, melting pot sites, if you will. And I did the same thing. And she came up as a, as a second cousin. So I was like, gee, I didn't don't recognize the name. I pretty much thought I knew all my second cousins. Uh, so I said to her, I said, did you do Ancestry? Are you planning to do Ancestry? So she says, well, I am. So she did it. And she came up as a second cousin. So now I'm trying to figure out, well, who is this? Well, I, when, I, when I took the test, Bob, uh, I went into it with my eyes closed. I mean, you know, again, it was a fun thing. And, you know, again, I understand why people are really reluctant to take the test for privacy reasons and for also, uh, you know, to learn some things about the family that maybe they re really don't want to learn. So anyone who's considering taking the test really should think it through. And one suggestion I would give them is to uh, pick a name, a username that you really can't, that, that really won't identify you. I mean, I made the mistake of using my full name. Not that it was a mistake, but, you know, in retrospect, I wish I had not done that. Uh, it's best to use a, uh, a unique username so people really can't identify you. So if you don't want to respond to people, you don't have to. Uh, you know, I have this, another story similar to yours, Bob, where I was contacted by a, uh, a lady through the Ancestry database, and she was a third slash fourth cousin to me. And to make a very long story short, her mother was trying to find where, who her family was because she was uh, abandoned at childbirth and raised by a Leonardi family. 
And the reason she was raised by a Leonardi family is that her real father was one of my grandfather's brothers. And when I mapped it all out, after piecing together the puzzle, I contacted the lady who originally contacted me, and I laid it all out for her, and I explained it to her that her mother's father was not really her father, was really a Leonardi. I never heard back from her. And I, I felt, I don't want to say responsible, but I felt a little bit bad about having laid all of that out because I didn't want to create issues. But I thought that she was looking for answers, and I gave her an answer that obviously wasn't, you know, wasn't the answer that she was looking for. And I don't know if she ever went back to her mother and, and relayed that information or just laid where it is, and I never heard back from her, and obviously I'll never contact her again. So there are unattended consequences to taking this ancestry test, and I think people should think through it uh, and be ready for anything because anything can really diverge, you know, divulge itself. Right. Yeah, I, I, I think that I think that's true. And some people don't, you know, some people, everybody reacts differently, I guess. And um, and we do know that you you do have one other distant cousin that's related to me. <laughs> I do. So the funny story here is when very early on, when I was digging through the database, looking at matches, I came across a match of fifth or sixth cousin. And I the name was not, you know, not the name that I eventually felt, you know, knew the person by. And I contacted you and I said, Bob, you're your manager for this particular individual. Who is this? Who is my fifth or sixth cousin? And you said to me, it's my wife, <laughs> which is absolutely hysterical. So every time I see Marion, I say, hey, cuz, how are you? And it's, it, it's real. So that, that was, that, that's really a great example of you never know. Yeah, exactly. You don't. Uh, so my next question is, and, I, and if you're like the rest of us, I'm sure you have several, but what roadblocks do you have or have you found that you're just at a dead end? Well, the way I approached it, Bob, uh, is that I, I knew I couldn't go beyond the, uh, the United States. So my, my approach was to document as much of the family tree as I could here in the U.S. And you can only go so far uh, from the U.S. if you want to utilize the, the Italian database. One, I don't speak Italian, so you know, that, that is definitely a roadblock. Uh, Ancestry does offer, as you know, a uh, for a premium uh, access to the Italian database, and I purchased that for a couple of years, but I couldn't get anywhere what, anywhere with it. So that's definitely a roadblock. Uh, if people want to go beyond they know, knowing where their grandparents or their great grandparents are, uh, you really do need to go back and uh, probably hire professional help in order to go back as far as you want to go back. Yeah, and that's what I, that's what I eventually did. Um, I had the funny thing is I had the roadblock on my um, my father's father's side. I couldn't find any Sorrentinos at all. I was just stuck there. Um, I was able to find my mother's family, the farmers in Bari. Everybody's online. It was so easy. I I, I can't tell you. Um, and my uh, my my father's mother's family. Um, I had a lot of information, but I couldn't. I couldn't make I, that family was good. It was her father that I I had a lot of information, but I couldn't connect the dots because what had happened was my third great grandmother, when her husband died, she merged the family names, so. While my grandmother's name was Piramalo, 
the people who inherited all the titles, she gave them the name of Piromalo Capici Picicelli. And Piromalo is not a very common name in Italy. So I kind of thought it was that family, but I couldn't connect it until I finally got some help. And um, he connected those dots for me. And the um, the funniest thing was the Sorrentinos, I, I, it took a year. And um, my cousin who had lived with my grandmother, my father's mother, uh, she passed away. And two days after that, I got an email with all the Sorrentino information on it. I just thought it was, you know, coincidence. Yeah, but then you say, why did it show up now, right? So you never know. So with that, did, did you, have you hired a pro or are you working towards that? Well, I did hire a pro. Uh, you know, I was able, once people are here, there are records. There are immigration records. There are death records. Uh, there are social security records. So once someone lands in the U.S., there's some record and you're able to connect some dots so I was able to go back to my great-grandparents on my dad's side and my grand, only my grandparents on my mother's side. So with that, I wanted to go back a little bit deeper. So I did hire a, a professional organization. I did that about six, five or six months ago, and it takes time. I mean, the, the general rule is that it takes at least five or six months for these people to go back and, and unearth the records. They have to go to the local churches, and they have to go back to towns, secure birth certificates, marriage certificates. And I, I basically drew the line with them and I said, look, go back as far as you can when you hit a wall or, or if you find something interesting, let me know about it. And if it's if it's something that I want you to continue to research, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give them the green light to do that. So I haven't heard back from them. I'm still waiting. It's been about it's been about five or six months now. So I'll give it another month or two. And then if I don't hear back from them, I'll, I'll contact them and hopefully they will have uh, been able to give me some information. So. Uh, I'm hoping to go back as far as I can, as far as they can. Uh, I'm not expecting to find anything uh, shattering. Uh, again, I believe that the family is peasant stock. It's laborers and workers, uh, which is fine. Uh, I guess it, it's, it's just more interest and curiosity at this point in time. Yeah, and and I find that with um, with with my um, you know my mother's family, you know they they were. Farmers and seamstresses and and such, uh, which to me is just as interesting as my father's side, which his uh, father's family came from lawyers and kind of, I guess, gentry, and his mother's family came from nobility. But it's all interesting to me. And the fact with my, my mother's family that my uncle, my oldest uncle, only came over in um, 1950. My grandparents had left him behind with his grandparents. And I'll have to send you the link, but one of the most interesting things about that was I learned last year that my my cousin, his youngest son, did an interview with him in Bares. I said, Joey, you gotta you gotta translate that for the family. And he said, you know, I tried listening to it a couple of times and I got choked up and I really couldn't get through it. And I said, But Joe, this is you know, this is the history. You, you have to. And so him and his sister got together just recently and they did it. And it was fascinating to hear, you know, how he lived in the early 1900s. You know, he went to school for six months. He used to walk the town with, with his grandfather with the cow and milk the cow and all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, then he got caught up. He became 18. He had to go in the army. So that whole family was there 
until 1950. It's been a fun experience. I mean, I've been able to reconnect with second cousins, some that I've known and some that I didn't know existed until I started doing the research. And I heard stories about the family, some funny stories uh, about people, some very scary stories and some tragic stories, too. I mean, you know, there were, you know, uh, you know, addictions and mental health issues and, you know, two suicides within the family, one individual who I knew. And, you know, when you learn this news, it, it's absolutely shocking to think that these can happen. And then there were some touching stories of patriotism and loyalty and military stories that were shared with me that I had no idea existed. And I think one of the biggest regrets that I have uh, is never having sat down with my parents and documented their story. And for anybody who's out there who's thinking of doing this, if your parents are still alive and your grandparents are still alive, take advantage of it and document it and understand the history because there's so much to be learned from the history. And it's a mosaic. And you paint that mosaic and you piece it all together and you look back on it. And, you know, even though People weren't doctors and lawyers and scientists and, you know, uh, educators. Uh, these were the people that built not only this country, but they built, you know, their homeland. And through hard work and loyalty and dedication, uh, they, they, they achieved some really incredible results. Uh, you know, life wasn't landing here in America wasn't uh, what many people what it was going to be, because I think the difficulties once people got here were in some cases even worse than where they came from. So, again, you know, I, I guess the takeaway for me is, is to learn as much about your family as you can rather than trying to do it in retrospective the way I'm trying to do it. It's a lot easier to get the information firsthand. Yeah, exactly. And I, I have the same, same issue with, like you, with the grandparents. You know, I think back and I said, you know, I used to sit with them, but you were a kid. You never thought about it. And I think that's good advice for anybody that's, that wants to do research. That's, that should be the first stop. Parents and if your grandparents are still around, talk to them, especially if they have a connection to, to that side. I'll tell you one more quick story. When, when, my, when my older daughter, when she was in grammar school, one of her uh, assignments was to ask my dad and my mom what it was like uh, to, in the, you know, during the war years. And they each spoke for about a half hour. And that tape is a prized possession because you learn, I learned so much uh, just listening to them talk about, especially my mom, because my mom was a, she was, you know, a, a young girl at that time. And to, to hear her talk about some of the sacrifices that uh, everybody had to make during those war years is really, really interesting. So Again, I, I think the takeaway is, and the best advice I can give somebody who hasn't done it yet is uh, understand what you're getting into. And if you decide to take the plunge and go forward with the test, uh, understand that there could be consequences to it. And regardless, if you take the test or not, understand about the family. Well, thanks, Al. I really appreciate it. I, I think everybody's going to enjoy hearing it. I think we all have similar stories, but the reason I do this is for people who aren't sure if they want to do it or just getting started to not get frustrated and to hear that everybody starts out the same way, lost in the woods, and everybody comes out of it with understanding a little bit more about themselves uh, and, and their history and their family. Very true, Bob. All right. Take care. Bob, good seeing you. I'll talk to you soon. Take care, All right. buddy. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Facebook in the Italian Genealogy Group or at www.italiangenealogy.blog.